Hi, I'm Michael Pinter. Welcome to the How to Flip New York podcast, where we teach you how to start or grow a wholesaling or flipping business in New York. If you're getting any value from this podcast, please leave us a review because that helps us out greatly. Okay, so we're talking about how to wholesale probate properties. Um, how to wholesale probate properties. Now, first let's talk about what what is the probate process? What is going on here? What is going on with the light here? Okay, it's a little bit. So you got to understand, when someone passes away, there's two ways they can die. They can die with a will. If they die with a will, then someone is appointed the executor, if it's a man or an executrix, if it's a woman, of that will, of that estate. If they die without a will, then someone is appointed the administrator of the estate. Now, what gets complicated is administrators don't always have the right, don't have full authorization to do whatever they want with the property. So for the example, there's many uh, siblings one might be appointed administrator, but with limited powers. So it's important to understand the between administrator and executor. Um, but basically, those are the people that can sell the property. Now, probate is the process where the the, the property goes from the deceased's uh, possession to the heir's possession. Now, that process in New York can take a long time. Take six months, a year. Very typical, take over a year. Um, in other states, it's probably much quicker. Never did a probate deal outside of New York. Now, let's talk about what is the story. So can they sell the property? So first of all, you've got to understand if you're dealing with probate leads, you want to check and see if they own property. Now, if you have a probate deal, how do you wholesale it? So it's a straight up purchase usually. And what you're hope, really what you're hoping for on a probate deal is that the person inherited it, doesn't live nearby, doesn't want it, and just wants to get it off their back, right? Because the truth is when you inherit a property like that, uh, when you inherit any property that's that's not being occupied, it's not producing any income. Now, sometimes there's a rental. There are rentals and renters, and, and they're paying you, and they're paying you uh, rent, and that could be good. But most of the time, it's a vacant. It needs cleanup. It needs work, and it's accruing taxes. And if there's a loan on it, it's accruing interest. If it's a reverse mortgage, it's accruing interest on the interest. So sometimes, and that's the reason why a lot of real estate investors go after probate properties, is because they hope they're hoping to hit that deal where someone just inherited the property doesn't want it anymore. Very common. Um, but you have to understand a couple of things. First of all, when you're dealing with probate leads, very often the heir, you have to check because the heir might live in the property. If the heir lives in the property and you come to them and say, I want to buy the property, the heir might want to, but very often the heir is going to go, I have no place to go. Second thing is there is a grieving process, right? And sometimes people die suddenly. Sometimes people die tragically. And you need to understand that calling people two weeks after somebody died is a bad idea for a couple of reasons. A, even mailing them, I'd say quickly, is probably a bad reason. Because It's probably not great because they're still grieving. And because of the length of time it takes in New York... Sorry, I'm just going to grab this. Because of the length of time it takes in New York... Oh, crap. Um, for the probate process, very often they haven't even hired an attorney yet. And they haven't dealt with all the legal stuff yet. So... Sorry. With probates, you probably want to wait a little bit. Now, could you lose a deal to somebody who's greater than you? Yes, possible. For me, I got some of the worst calls ever from probate deals. You know, calling me a predator, calling me insensitive. But people get make a lot of money on it. So how do you wholesale? So you go into contract with them. <clears throat> you make sure the the contract's assignable. It's just like it's just really like wholesaling any property. Make sure the contract is assignable. Now, remember, standard contracts in New York have Clause 26, which says it's not assignable. 
So you need to talk to the attorney about being assignable. You need to make sure that it's assignable. And then you find the buyer for it. It's pretty straightforward. And it's the same way you would wholesale any other property. The issues with the probate really come in your initial communication with the seller, where you have to be sensitive to the prop the possibility or probability that they're grieving over a, 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 a lost relative and over the fact that legally they may not know what the hell is going on yet. Um, so you need to you need to give them some time and you need to know how to do that. But the actual process of how it works is similar for any other wholesale deal. Um, and I again, the home run of probates are to get a deal where the, 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 the administrator or executor lives far away, doesn't want to deal with it. It's not going to know if you wholesale it anyway. So that's the best kind of situation. But if the person lives nearby, you have to deal with the fact in any case when you're wholesaling property that they don't want to know what's happening. So you need to be able to pre- prepare them in advance for what's going to happen. I'm going to get a lot of people in to see this. It's going to be crazy here for a couple of hours or an hour or a half hour or however long you show it for. I just want to let you know. Um, I usually uh, frame it in in regards to, hey, I want to start. I want construction to start the day we close. The only way for that to happen is if I get contractors in there and potential buyers in there who will let me know what work uh, they might want done, right? Because I don't even know what to do or what not to do. The truth is the hardest thing I did when I rehab properties was decide what to do or what not to do. So that's how that's how I frame it. And it's usually okay. And especially if it's one time, they usually don't care. One or two times, it's usually not bad. Um, but that's how you wholesale it. You get it under contract. person says, okay. Uh, okay. person says, okay. And then you... Oh, there it is. And then you find the buyer the same way you would on any deal. You really don't handle the actual wholesale component of the of the transaction any different with a probate property or any other property. It's the same situation. Again, you have to ideally get inside to see it. You know, I've I've dealt with a bunch of uh, inherited or probate properties where they said, you know, I can't get in, I can't go in there. It's problematic or it's big mess or things. You know, you, you really want to see what's going on. Um, but again, there are pri- I I will buy property side on scene. I bought many. Um, if the prices it, it reflects it, if I, if, you know, if I can assume that it needs everything and it's complete gut job, um, and I can give you a price on that, I can buy it without without going in there. But you, like, these are these are typical problems that you're going to have with any deal. So not, they're not specific to probate. But again, just understand how the probate process works. The person may be under the impression that they can't sell the property until the probate process is over. Very often they can. Again, it depends if they're an administrator with full powers, an administrator with limited powers, if they're an executor, how many heirs there are, whether there are people that are going to challenge it, whether there's only one heir, you know, how many siblings they have who are left out of the world. These things happen, right? You don't want to get involved in any of that crap. It's a nightmare. Um, but you need to know the situation. And when you know the situation, you can uh, deal with the seller appropriately. And you can uh, tell them, you know, I'm looking to take this off your hands. Some people don't look at it that way, though. You need to really, you need to get good feedback need to get good feedback from uh, from them about what they want. Some of them look at the house as a prized possession. So you need to know. So if you tell somebody who uh, prizes their house and thinks of it as the, the holy grail that you're trying to take it off their hands, um, they're going to look at you like you're a bad guy. So you need to get a feel with them. I always ask them, what do you want to do with it? You know, do you want to keep it? Do you want to rent it? Do you want to, do you want to list it? What do you want to do with it? You know, and the best answer they can have is, hey, I just want to get rid of it. And then you go, okay, I'm here to help you. Right, um, and then I'll tell them straight up. You know, I'll go. Listen, this house could be worth four hundred thousand dollars, but I can't pay anywhere near that because it needs a lot of work. I'm sure, I'm sure you understand that. And very often they're like, "I know, I know." 
they start selling themselves on why you, why, why I need a better discount. That's, that's great. So, um, it's all about framing and it's, a, it's, a, it's, so the, the truth is when you're dealing with probate situations, it's more sensitive. You have to be very careful and get a feel for how the seller thinks. Some sellers, again, will look at this as a nightmare. I can't deal with this house. It's a disaster. There's tons of crap there. I don't want to go in there. No one would buy this house. Thank you. Thank you for buying it. And some of them are like, this is the most prized possession. I've got to go through everything in there to see if there were some heirlooms or things from the, for the family. And then that's, you have to handle it differently. That in the, in the first situation, you're like, I, I can close it pretty quick. In the second situation, you, it'll be like, let's go to contract and I'll wait as long as you need to go through all the items there. You know, sometimes, again, I, I said this before, but I buy more properties from sellers who need more time, who don't want to be limited to what a typical buyer time frame will keep them to, than I buy from sellers who need to close very quickly, right? And, and amateurs in this business, and I hear them all the time, will come at a seller and go, I can close 24 hours, all cash, I'm going to go sell me house. And for a lot of sellers, that's a huge turnoff. So I always say, listen, I'll close whenever you want. Let's go to contract and... If you need to go sooner or later, I just met with a seller who who uh, is building a house, and I said to her, "Listen, you don't know the, the builder's giving you an estimated time. Uh, if you sell it to me, I can wait, right? If it takes longer, if they finish sooner, whatever it is, I can close. You're not going to be on a time frame. But if you sell it to a regular buyer, you might be stuck to their time frame, right? They may need to get the kids in school by September, and they are not going to wait for your house to get finished an extra two months because the builder uh, had a delay. So very often." Time is a big factor, but it's not what you think, right? People in our industry all think we, people want to sell right away. But very often, it's that people want to sell later, and they want that flexibility that we can provide for them. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, go to howtoflipnewyork.com for more information about the various ways that I can help you. And again, if you can leave a review, uh, that would really help us out.